With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I can't believe that uh, the Batman is already out. We've already seen it. I mean, I don't know. Still trying to get get my thoughts around it. I mean, should we even recorded yet? If you don't, if you don't have your thoughts ready, then no. Because I want you to be able to say what you want to say. Well, you know that I'm just like goofing off because this is the opening before the opening. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, why are you so serious? That, that, that being said, you know, if your thoughts are not together, then we oh. should also record. We should record two episodes, one where our thoughts are collected and we've just seen the movie, and, and then the other one where like when we go back, that it's it's about uh, f- four or five hours after we've seen time. the movie. In time. Are you close enough to your microphone? I just... Uh, I think I am. Yeah. I think I am. Um, yeah. No, but uh, um, of course the, the first option is impossible because we're currently doing the second option. So... Uh, we are, and um, you know, I'm just glad to be here today. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, um, yeah. I'm glad I, we got our microphones fixed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Struggling? I'm also, I'm also like a little depressed because like I spent... More money on gas than I ever thought I would. Yeah, um, we were driving around on the way to see the movie, and I didn't know if we were going to get there because paying three seventy for regular unleaded just didn't feel right. Um, yeah, and I'm and I'm driving a driving a big old boy car. I'm driving my Jeep. Yeah, you brought yeah. the gas guzzler. Is that yeah. how you say it? guzzler? Guz- guzzler. Uh, yeah, but Guz- we we guzzler. get the. Get it the morning off right, though. I mean, we... Yeah, it doesn't sip the gas. It, ju- it just guzzles gu- 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 Guzzles. Um, Much like... Hang on. I can I can segue this. I know where you're going. But nah, I do, segue though. This. Much like we were guzzling those donuts this morning. Oh, touche. At uh, Shipley Donut. Uh, <laughs> 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 oh, my word. I'm just uh, glad that uh, we're back and the microphones are working. And, yeah, me too. Me too. And we have something great to share. Yeah, yeah. And... Uh, yeah, everything's working, which is nice, but, uh, yeah, it's good to be back and good to be like, we're going to have two episodes in a week, like uh, in two weeks. It's crazy, man. We haven't done that since, um, what, 1990 or no, 20, yeah, <laughs> 20, 20, 2019. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was a, it's I was a, a mere seven years old. What a wee lad you were back then. I was a wee, um, lad. I was a wee little lad. Speaking of which, uh, we were watching an Irish movie today, and uh, Belfast. Uh, yeah. We're not going to talk about it. Oscar nominated. Oscar oh. nomination, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the fact that um, I have Irish heritage, uh, I was really looking forward to this film. Yeah, and actually, I was going to say, um, now I, I'll leave it out because I don't know if you want it said. So. Well, then uh, there you go. I was, no, it was no, it was just that interesting factoid about a specific name that had to do with Northern Ireland. I didn't know if you wanted that in there. Ah, no, we'll just yeah. So yeah, you'll just know I was gonna say something, and he did not. say And it. I didn't say it, and you'll never know what it is. You'll never know. 
that's pretty cool, right? If you want, you can like yeah. message me if you hear this podcast. Uh, you can message me. Or you me. can sign up for our, our Patreon. Um, Do we, are we page. starting a Patreon? Um, you know, we haven't, but if somebody wants to give us like, I don't know, uh, $123,000, uh, maybe that you can share. Yeah, we can build a studio. We can, we can, um, yeah, and then we can keep this content uh, more accurately coming out. Yeah, we can we can put the studio in your backyard, and I'll move into the studio and live in the backyard. I'm for it. And with that, <laughs> welcome, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back to Extreme Close Up. Okay, Extreme Close Up. And here we go. What we are dealing with here is a perfect engine, uh, an eating machine. It's really a miracle of evolution. Are you telling me you built a time machine? What's so funny? I'll, I'll tell you in a minute. First, let's drink. How's that for a slice of fried gold? Yeah, boy! Wow, you know, I never get tired of hearing our um, our little opening there. You know that music. Yeah. Um, who produced that? I think you you produced that, didn't you? Um, well, the the song is downloaded from a website. Unfortunately, I cannot take credit for the actual song or the musical portion of the song. I did also. I can't take credit for the um, the recorded voices because those are actually from movies. If you didn't know. No. But, oh, yeah. Um, oh yeah. We should we should do a contest one time. Don't look it up right now, and don't look it up when you do the when we do the contest. But we should do a contest one time, where we challenge people to name every movie, and it wouldn't be that hard. So it'd almost be like a first person to do it, but name every movie that's referenced in the theme song. I think I could probably do it. I could probably do it from memory. Yeah. So what do you think would be more? Um, what do you think would be more impressive? Or, or, or more content generating. Uh, should we try to name the, the ones from memory or should we just let somebody do it in uh, a contest one time? I think we should have a contest and let someone do it because, man, our one listener, we've got we've got to build a community for this and guy. They're, they're going to win. They're, uh, yeah. I think our one listener will win. Yeah. Um, yes. Because, and, and to be honest, I've made it really easy because we're trying to like talk about like popular culture and, and, and popular talk about- movies. Pop music. Talk about. You remember that song? Pop music. Doobie doobie doo bop bop bop. All right, that, that's a little bit I ahead of your time, I wasn't it? I don't remember yeah. that song, but it sounds like a song I'd really like to listen. Yeah, to. it's a, it's an eighty song. It's it's like pretty cool. I don't know if we could play it here, so I guess we should probably no, just get no, back no, into no. Um, what we do well, and that is um, give our opinion on things. And today yeah. we saw the Batman. The Batman. Robert. Batterson's. Batterson's. Batten. Not Patterson. Batterson's. Batterson. You know, um, you know what I think is going to make this episode great is the fact that we have not really shared our thoughts. So we're going to both be hearing them and responding to them. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, as we walked out of the theater, we kind of made like a couple thoughts. Uh, we had more talk about the rating system. For America, which is, oh man, I, I know y'all love that. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, I don't know if they want to hear it again, but I definitely no, think I, that it, I think that the UK got this one right are you saying and gave like, it a 15 rating. Yeah, no, I, I, I quite agree. Do you think, uh, do you think that, um, people may have like fast forwarded through my rant on the rating system last, last week? 
Um, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think it's I think it's worth mentioning again because a lot of my commentary later on is going to have to do uh, in regards to subject matter. So I, I think you should probably kick it off. Uh, with uh, with my rant about the rating system? Yes, yes, with the rant. Uh, I'm going to do a condensed rant then. Uh, and this <laughs> is specifically because like Batman really kind of got us discussing it. Um, yeah, I think that uh, from like I remember what I told you earlier where it's like I think that people don't really understand what PG-13 is. Um, and I think also on top of that, uh, and I don't think it's really anybody's fault because I think like the Marvel Cinematic Universe kind of lulled people into this, um, this sense of, uh, PG 13 is, um, really fun movies that kids can watch, but they just have a little cursing in them. So cover your ears when that happens. Um, and, and I don't think, Again, I don't think that's necessarily people's fault for thinking that. I think it's more of the fault of the rating system that there's not something in between that. And um, and like we, we've talked about before, um, like other countries have like 12 and then 15 and then uh, 17 or 18. And so there's like three different uh, ratings once you're like moving into your teenage and adult years that um, I think are really helpful in determining what kind of content is appropriate for, um, you know, your child to watch. Um, yeah, I, I, and again, like, I think people can make decisions on their own, but I think it'd be more helpful if there was more kind of a uh, in-betweener type thing where, like, PG-13, um, and again, I'm going to go back to my Spider-Man example, like, PG-13 could be, like, Spider-Man Far From Home, but like uh, I don't know, maybe the if we came out with like a PG fifteen or something like, or or even went with PG twelve and that could be Spider Man Home and then we call it PG fifteen. Or we and could that's just for do Spider Man No Way Home. Yeah, or we could just do classification ratings, kind of like the way uh, Europe does. Because <clears throat> here's the uh, here's the thing here in the UK, even with your parents, you are not going in to see this film unless you're at least fifteen years old. But like in Ireland, they they've given it a 15A uh, rating. So as long as you're with your parents, you could be younger and you could go see this film. But I really, especially after seeing it, I I have a very strong opinion that no one under 13 should see this film. Period, because of the subject matter. Yeah, I I would agree with that. But I also I, I think that like. It, I don't know. I, I feel like a 15-year-old could go watch this, like, without their parents. Like, I don't know if I'd want to limit it to that. No, again, I said 13. Again, like, 13. Well, no, no, no. I agree with what you're saying. But, like, if we had, like, a 15 rating, like, because I think you were saying, like, oh, yeah, the yeah, UK, yeah. If you, you have to be 15 you have to be and 15. with your parents. Yep. Like, I don't know. I don't know about that. Like, I mean, I think it would be cool to have, like, kind of a classification that encompasses both. Like, maybe, you know, like... Um, what the UK, I mean, what the Ireland did with the with the fifteen yeah, A, yeah, yeah, and and maybe that would be better. But you know, we saw, you know, what was it? A family of like six or seven kids. They all looked like they were eight and under. Yeah, no, that's, and that's kinda, um, I mean, that, it is, that, that that was a rough film for those poor kids. Yeah, I think the is, I think the parents have a lot of explaining to do. Honestly, it is, it is a frightening movie. <laughs> so. Like even well, and that and that's the thing is like really like. There's not a lot of, um, like, 
there's almost not a lot of violence shown on film. Right. I mean, there's like beating up people like, yeah, that's violence, but there's not like a lot of like gory violence. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting, but at the same, because it is a PG 13 movie. And I think that's sort of what kind of made it that way. But at the same time, like it is, it is a very frightening movie. Like a lot of very frightening things are happening. Um, yeah, so let's 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 yeah, get let's down get into, to this. Yeah, I was gonna say let's so, get into the review. So let's let's talk about the opening. Um, the opening, you don't have a you know large credit movie like you know how that like they have a billion credits open. You've got some goggles like zooming down in on a house where you see a kid. It looks like it's Halloween and he's playing in his Halloween costume, and his dad, who happens to be the mayor of Gotham City. Um, He's there, and he kind of plays with his kid. So you see this bond that he has with his child. And then his kid goes to uh, trick-or-treat or, or, or whatever they're going to go do. And then that's when the Riddler uh, gets down to, to business with his very first victim. Um, I thought that the way that they open with this to where you still get a young child left without a parent figure in their life... Um, kind of brought some kind of ownership to the Batman type of a character and the focus when he began to take a look at this crime. I, I guess what I'm saying is I think it was it's more personal to him than it yeah. would have been. Yeah, it's it's like almost like um it's one of those things and again like I don't know why but I, I but it, they're, they're very similar type story origins. But um you know we're tired of like seeing spider-man lose uncle ben and so they just almost don't even do it and in a sense they give you almost like well now they give they give you two almost like uncle ben moments with iron man and with uh right um, marissa tomei's aunt may in this one it is like a story it starts off as like a you know almost like a little bit of a short film about this kid that loses his father uh due to a villain in gotham and and it's almost like because of our extensive knowledge of Batman, uh, we know that that is like there's going to be some symbolism for Batman in that, and you can see it when you know he shows up to the scene, right? And he has that eye contact with the kid, and throughout the the movie, anytime he's around the kid, he he takes this like in like interest in the kid, like when he's at the funeral. Uh, when he's at uh, Gotham Square Garden, he that's uh, one of the people that he saves mm-hmm. uh, at the end. So I think it's uh, I think it's very interesting that um, they kind of give you his origin in a way that's not his specific. Like they're not specifically showing Martha and Thomas Wayne dying in front of him in an alley. Right, and I think it's one of the ways to that throughout the film, because it happens several times when he's not in the bat cost costume, uh, I think it's a way for them to kind of show the humanity of the man underneath the mask and, yeah. and his internal struggle. So from that standpoint, I think Matt Reeves did a really good job with that. Yeah, and and that's the thing too is like um I know we can get into this a little bit later, but I know that you uh personally have some uh issues with the way um Robert Pattinson, you, I, I, from what I remember, you said you were fine with his uh, portrayal of Batman, but uh, you were not so hot on his portrayal of Bruce Wayne. Right. But I, I do think that some of that stuff, um, specifically with that kid, anytime he interacts with the kid, 
it almost is like a glimpse of his humanity uh, because like this this movie really kind of is in the mindset of Batman's been doing this for two years. He is reclusive. Um, there's one line where uh, Carmine Falcone says like, um, I think he call, he says like, you're the only man that's like more reclusive than I am. Um, right, right. When they he, they were pulled out for the mayor's funeral. Right, and so um, from the sense that we get, uh, Bruce Wayne is almost like no longer. It's it's pretty much he's just Batman, and that's who his true self is. And that's and that's one of the um, that's one of the main themes of the film is like, what is Batman? And a lot of it starts off with you know Batman is just straight up vengeance. Mm-hmm. And for the first two years, it almost seems like it's not even working. And then when he switches, he almost switches his mindset in the last 30 minutes of the movie and he becomes hope for Gotham. Right. And that's when his humanity comes back. And that's when it appears that it begins to work. Well, yeah, because throughout the film, you you, you get this sense. And I think one of his Pattinson's lines even has something to do with the fact that it, it's almost like he doesn't care if he dies. Right. He, he just wants to go and he wants to do something. And that's that's the the attitude. And I kept struggling with that throughout the film. The attitude was very much not, hey, I care about the city. I'm trying to to truly help. It was just like I am going out straight up revenge mode on yeah, any criminal. Yeah. And and so I think you saw with that year two idea, it was like. We, we get we get a character after he's decided that this is what he's going to do. This is how he's going to, to live his life as this vigilante out there trying to find justice in, in vengeance is really the thing. So it's, it's a revengeful state. But then you see the sacrificial acts that he makes near the end, you know, like, like you said, the last 30 minutes of the film. And that's when it's like you... In my opinion, that's when you see the guy come together, and I almost think that in the next film you'll see more of a uh, public figure, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and and that's the thing is like um, uh, one of the things that I wanted to go over is like you said when he says like I don't care what happens to me, um, and even paralleling that with like when he finds out that the Riddler has mailed a bomb to, um. His, his, I guess, his apartment in in Wayne Tower or whatever. Right. And he realizes that, like, Alfred is going to be the one that opens it up because Alfred opens the mail. And he calls Alfred and he says, like, Alfred, you're not my father. And uh, all of this stuff is, like, all he is is in that vengeance mode. And I want to get revenge for what happens. And he almost basically, like, has this identity crisis when he finds out that his father is not the man that he thought he was. Mm-hmm. Um. And even when he figures out that, like, the the version that Carmine Falcone told him was not the accurate version, I mean, it's it was slightly inaccurate. The only thing that was wrong was the motive. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, when he figures that out, he still is ready to, like, he's ready to hang up that identity because it, he he's basing it all on revenge for his, fa- his father's death and his mother's death. And then... Um, even when uh, he's in the the Riddler uh, in the Riddler's apartment, and he says, "You know, this may be the end of the Batman." Um, 
I yeah, think, because it was I almost like it's almost like I, I'm 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 fulfilled the purpose almost right. It's, right. it's very it's very nihilistic because like if there's no more if the reason that he was fighting it was completely inaccurate and wrong, then there's no reason to fight anymore for vengeance. But then when he sees, um, I think the change that's really made is when he's uh, beating up the uh, the Riddler doubles or the Riddler followers or whatever that are at. Gotham Square Garden mm-hmm. and they take off the mask and Gordon asks him who are you and he says me I'm vengeance and yeah he and he, real- he realized he was he was floating around without a cause yeah exactly and he was and he was doing things for the wrong reason right and that's why I believe that one he he makes it wasn't necessarily like a sacrificial play but he makes what could have been a sacrificial play and then saves the people and gives them hope Mm-hmm. And yeah, and he and emerges you, as a leader. Yeah, and you can tell, you can tell that like starting at the beginning of the movie, everybody's like kind of like um, they look at Batman as a freak, and mm-hmm. like he's a vigilante, and he shouldn't be helping out with uh, with police matters and stuff like that. And then at the end, you almost get this really like hopeful sense of of what Batman is, and that Gotham actually finds hope now and needs him. And and his whole perspective changes, and that's why he continues to fight on. Yeah, absolutely. I and I think that you know, going back to the beginning, I I think that when you take a three hour uh, film like this, and knowing that we're getting a, an entirely brand new Batman, we're getting a new director. We know the tone of the film is going to be very different than what we saw even in Christopher Nolan's. Um, I think that there's a lot of mistakes that could have been made, and I think Matt Reeves definitely avoids those. But but that the film's not perfect, and and I would say that I think that what we do get is we get probably the most intimate look at the character of the Batman. Uh, than we've seen on film before, uh, outside of really going through the comic books uh, and all the uh, reinventions of the Batman through you know multiple people writing for the comics. Uh, I think in the past, I realized that uh, even in Chris Nolan's Batman universe, uh, really it is focusing on you know Bruce Wayne, the man, and who he's going to become. And the Batman is almost uh, set on the shelf is 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 not as much of the focus to where here I think we really get a hard look and a focus at as the the Batman character and the evolution that he goes through uh, as the as the film plays out. And with that being said, it's not so much I I wouldn't consider this an action movie. No, I, I think the genre is wrong for that. But I definitely think that it's a I would almost call it a thriller. Um, it's a thriller where it, it reminds me of like some of the, the 80s thriller type movies where you have like two buddy cops that are going out and, and it's very serious and they're trying to solve a crime of sorts. Yeah, I was, I was going to say it is it is very like buddy cop-ish in that way that like the, the relationship between Jim Gordon and, and Bruce Wayne as Batman and how they banter with each other mm-hmm. and... Um, and that's some of the. It, it's a very dark movie, but uh, a lot of the times there is comedy in there, and it very much comes from 
Bruce Wayne as Batman and Jim Gordon playing off of each other. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, when they're interrogating the <laughs> penguin or when they're right. in the uh, interrogation room and it looks like they're arguing and, and Jim Gordon is like trying to get him to cooperate with the police, but he's really telling him how to escape. Right. And so I think it's a, um, I think it's definitely one where, um, like in, in the dark Knight uh, series, it, when you, when Jim Gordon and Batman kind of engage with each other in that one, it's almost more like this, um, like Batman is kind of this like mystic force that like Jim Gordon is relying on to help him. Whereas mm-hmm. like I, even, even like, um, if you look at Batman 19, like the 1966 Adam West Batman, um, he almost kind of had a similar relationship with Gordon where he would go to him and he would talk with him and, right. and all that stuff. And, and there were some where they, you know, they would even kind of solve crimes together. And in this one, they are really like working together to solve a crime. Mm-hmm. And, um, and back to what you were talking about. Yeah. It is really like a character study of Batman and what that means to Bruce Wayne starting out and what that means to him and what he becomes and also on the other side, it's it's very much like a character study of what uh, like certain situations can do to people, mm-hmm. and it's very it's very much like um, you know the the whole Joker like one bad day thing, but you know compounded upon that, and uh, how people can I I almost prefer the Riddler story of kind of getting lost and abandoned in the system than I do. Um, the the Joker version of that from Joaquin Phoenix, even though I think that is a good movie, I I, I like the character study that they you know kind of of the Riddler getting abandoned and almost having a similar um, beginning as uh, Bruce Wayne as far as like being an orphan and all that stuff and then being abandoned by the system that Bruce Wayne's father set up through no fault of of Thomas Wayne but the greed of, of the bureaucrats in the city. Right. And, and I think that with this, too, they take the time, even with the Riddler's character, although there's still so much unknown about the character um, a, as we see it, but over the three hours, they do not get in a hurry at all to kind of show you what he's capable of and what his his motive really is a parallel to the Batman in in the sense that his motive is is vengeance. His his motive is to bring and shed light on the injustice. Um, yeah, yeah, and and that's what I was gonna say is like yeah, justice is in in both of them. Justice is their motive, but it's done through vengeance. Right, right. And and uh, Riddler is meant to be like a foil to Batman and hold up that mirror and say this is not how vengeance works. The only difference between uh, the Riddler and Batman until the last part of it is Batman chooses not to kill. Mm-hmm. But he's still doing it out of vengeance. The only thing that he, he doesn't do is he doesn't kill people. Yeah, and, and I think that the the thing that I noticed there, especially in contrast to Ben Affleck's The Batman character, um, the Ben Affleck Batman, he would kill, he would do whatever had to be done, you know, very, very differently, I think, in this. And I think they use the fact that the Batman is still finding himself and he's still trying to identify 
the lines and what right. he's willing to cross, what he's not willing to cross. But I, I think we're going to see that change over time if they continue to to move in this direction with, with more films. See, and I, I really hope that's, I, I was going to say, I really hope that's one thing that they don't change is like, I, I hope that they keep, you know, Batman's code of that. No, I'm, I'm not going to kill. And, um, and that was one of the things, like as much as I enjoy the Ben Affleck Batman, um, I think that, uh, that's one of the long standing Like if you make a Batman movie, you can do whatever you want. Almost like there's very certain things you have to do. And one of them is Batman can't intentionally kill people Mm -hmm. or through recklessness, kill people. Mm -hmm. And that's even like, um, that's even like one of my, it's not like a big issue because I think they kind of play with it in a certain way. Uh, but they kind of turn around and, um, and kind of redeem it in a certain way in the dark Knight. But in Batman Begins, that's the one with uh, Ra's al Ghul, right? Yeah. Where he's like, I don't, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Um, I almost think that like Batman would have saved him and he would have gone to jail. But and and that's weird because like that's the only thing that doesn't really track with the rest of like those Batman movies, because like he even like, um, I'm trying to remember like what happens to Bane in that movie too. Yeah, it's like, been so long. I, yeah, I, I, can't. I, I can't remember what happens to Bane, but I don't think he kills him. No, and I've only seen The Dark Knight Rises like twice. Yeah, I've, I've only seen it one time. So, But like Batman's whole thing is like, I don't kill, you know. Out of the shadows, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Batman. But that's, but that's that how like. That was my Bane impression <laughs> of Tom Hardy. <laughs> but like that's what, that you know, even like Superman has kind of broken that in recent times too. Right. Uh, well, and that was the thing, yeah, with Man of Steel. Like I said, love Man of Steel, but that I remember seeing that, and I was so shocked that as much as I liked the rest of the film the first time I saw it, I, I was really just turned off by that as far yeah, as it was just like, ah. It's a very re- visceral reaction to Superman killing someone. Yeah, but, uh, but again, I mean, that's the storyline. But I think here, you know, with, with Robert Pattinson, um Again, this goes back to what you you said earlier, and, I, and I'll say it again. I I really did like him as the Batman character, after all, so I was a bit surprised by that. But I did not like him as Bruce Wayne, like at all, uh, not even a little bit. Right, and uh, and I, I I think that's an understandable opinion. I I, I definitely think it's understandable and valid. Um, I. I personally, though, I, I guess my interpretation of that, and I, I think I told you this, this was one of the things we talked about uh, after the movie, is that um, because of how they're portraying Bruce Wayne as like, he is he is basically like Bruce Wayne no more. Like he's, he's Bruce Wayne on his birth certificate, but he is, and he is Batman, essentially. And there's even like a, a, a dialogue that, him and the Riddler have when he visits him in Arkham Asylum that um, basically like the, where the Riddler tells him this is the real you like I know this is the real you and um, no I think that's I think that's very interesting um, that they kind of chose I, I think it was an intentional choice you may not think that but I could I could see both ways this is just my interpretation of it the choice that they made 
that I believe they made in portraying Bruce Wayne as kind of like a weird, like, um, like maybe even a bit like antisocial, um, was basically because like for the past two years and maybe even longer due to like trauma of his parents' death and kind of like, you know, kind of being out of place amongst everybody that that Bruce Wayne is like, basically no, he, he, he decided to put that side of him away and become this vigilante. And that's why he has such that visceral reaction to, um, the, the hearing about Thomas Wayne and what he did is because that he basically stripped himself of his personhood to become this thing for this reason that ended up being a lie. And so that's, that's why I think they kind of interpreted Bruce Wayne that way. Um, because he even like, they have the scene about the cufflinks where Alfred gives him the cufflinks and he's like, you're still a Wayne. And, right, right. Um, and, and he even talks about like, um, you know, oh, you're, you know, he says your attire is, is Bruce Wayne making an appearance today. Right. Yeah. And I, so I did it's, talk it's very that. much like almost like a, um, and I don't, I don't want to really like compare it to this, but, uh, almost like split personality type thing, but he's intentionally doing that way. Um, almost in the way that, you know, like Riddler has become the Riddler when he puts the mask on and he almost doesn't feel at home without the mask. But it, I think it's a little bit different because, like, Riddler seems to kind of be like that the whole time, even without the mask. He was just more free with the mask on. Right, right. No, I think that's a good point. I think that that's a, that's a good halfway point that uh, I want to pick back up on uh, in a moment. I want to do something a little bit different than we've done in the past on the podcast. So <clears throat> we have a guest who's been on the show, uh, you know, a handful of times, and he has no idea what we've been saying about the movie uh, or anything, but I would like to get his perspective too. And so uh, Landon, if you would just, if you don't mind, come set in front of this microphone for a minute and just give us just a quick synopsis of the, the things that you really like about um, the new film or, or any, you know, I don't want you to take a long time, but just give, you know, your own thoughts on this. And then we will get back to the show uh, after this. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I think so. All right. Well, I definitely think that this is the best Batman movie. I definitely think that it tops The Dark Knight simply because of uh, really actually giving us a dark Batman in the sense that we've not fully kind of gotten out of the realm of it had of a PG-13 but definitely like the R-rated Batman that I've always wanted we're very close to that what do you mean by that the R-rated Batman like I'm talking a killing joke um level just very serious yeah I got you very serious um I definitely think that making the Riddler a Zodiac killer type character was definitely the route they should have gone because I definitely don't think that Jim Carrey and in pink spandex was the right decision to make. <laughs> um, we're, ne- we're never going to get a Joker as good as Heath, unfortunately, even in this little 
little scene near the end of the film, spoiler warning, that we get a little a little glimpse of a random Joker for no reason. That probably uh, spoiled what could have been a really cool reveal for a second film. Um, I don't know if Dennis has gotten to this point yet in you guys' review, but I definitely think that they need a 15 rating. Okay. Yep. But uh, that's my opinion on that. All right. <laughs> well, well, yeah. No, thanks for that that three minute review there, uh, just to kind of break up the podcast a little bit, kind of keep our listeners fresh. And again, you have a, a unique take um, based on your experiences, and I'm sure that after you listen to this podcast, you'll probably want to come on and uh, join us for more. Uh, and with that, let's get back to the the original line here, um, Dennis. So you were talking a little bit about uh, the Riddler. Um, and kind of going into detail about his development of his character, the way they uh, they use him in this film. So let's let's pick back up. Uh, yeah, um, I I really liked the Riddler. I'm I'm a big fan of Paul Dano. Um, I think the first movie I ever saw him in was uh, uh, Little Miss Sunshine, which I thought he played a really good character. But um, yeah, he he plays like a. Um, it's kind of hard to play like a um, like a almost like a I guess a mentally disturbed person mm-hmm. without like trying like without people thinking that you're trying to pull off like a Joker esque type person it, in a Batman movie. Yeah, but, that's but a I great think he point. Does it really well. Yeah, that no, that's a great point because even even when they do take his mask off and and you have like the the reveal or whatever. Um. He does not overplay it, and even in the scene that he's with Batman in Arkham, I, again, he does not overplay it. So I think that he comes off extremely believable for uh, for that character. Now, I, I will say, if they do go down the direction of having a Joker character in future films, I think that we will definitely see um, somebody trying to hit like that Heath Ledger type performance, but. But I think uh, Dano does a good job on this overall. Um, I will say that, I, well, we can finish talking about this character, but I do want to um, give some thoughts on some of the other characters uh, in a bit. Yeah, yeah, because there's there's definitely plenty of more characters to talk about than just the the main baddie of the film and Batman himself. Um, but I think I, I think one of the cool things that I liked about uh, the Riddler is they kind of made him this orphan that was um, kind of destitute and uh, treated very poorly, and uh, he kind of uses that against uh, Bruce uh, because um, he he kind of brings up this thing that you know you can kind of have your opinion on this or not or, or one way or the other, but um, you know kind of his starting point in life was even though they had similar experiences as far as like being an orphan, the, the orphan life that, uh, Bruce Wayne kind of experienced is, was what it was wildly different than the orphan life that, uh, Edward, I think it was, it was it Edward Nashton, the Riddler, uh, experienced. And he kind of like lays that out. And, um, I think that some of the stuff that, um, kind of helps in a way that it's almost like it's, it's uh, Batman's blind spot is that he never had these experiences. And so he kind of like, um, 
they're both equally smart, I think. But uh, the Riddler kind of has that like scrappiness, I guess, that kind of like gives him like a slight advantage against uh, Batman, which is very interesting because Batman is usually the one that's like he's the smartest guy in the room. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the interesting things about the Riddler and even, even Jim Carrey's Riddler is kind of different because it's kind of, he's kind of weird and funny and kooky, but like this Riddler is very cold and very calculated and he has a purpose and that makes him very dangerous because he's also very smart. And uh, almost in the way that like Lex Luthor is very smart and it makes him like a formidable opponent against a man who has like the powers of a God. And so um, putting Batman, who's typically the smartest man in the room with a guy that's not chaotic, but he has like a plan that involves chaos, but he's also really smart. And he kind of is one step ahead of Batman because like Batman is, is too busy being blinded by his, his vengeance that um, he can't see like what's fixing to happen. And he doesn't realize certain things. And it's kind of like uh, another another instance of that is, um, you know, kind of these like, you know, working class people kind of help him solve crimes because he um, he walks in the apartment and he's looking around and that cop that is, you know, he's just kind of like a run of the mill cop. He. um you know, he's looking and he's seeing what Batman looks at. And he's like, no, that's kind of weird that he would use like a carpeting tool to kill people with. And Batman's like, wait, what are you talking about? Like Batman, like Bruce Wayne doesn't know like what a carpeting tool is because Bruce Wayne is not like a working class person. And he never would have got that without the help from this guy. And, and so like he, I mean, he basically like solves the final puzzle that the Riddler has for him and and the riddler even tells him he's like oh you're you're not as smart as i thought you were and it's not that batman's not smart he just doesn't have these certain experiences that allow him to know certain things and so it, it it's very interesting that they kind of came at it from that angle but um i think it kind of makes the movie a little bit better too because it kind of shows like you know bruce has to rely on on these people to help him out in the same way, like he relies on Jim Gordon for things too. Yeah. But he's also very smart. So like he can figure out things that like, even like he's like a Sherlock Holmes, like he can figure out things that the police can't figure out. And he, and they put that on display when they're investigating the mayor's murder. Like he tells them like very certain things and they wouldn't, they wouldn't never even got where they were getting to if Batman wouldn't have been there because nobody could have solved that riddle in the way that Batman could have. Right. You know, I think that that's, some, that's a, that's a great point. And, and again, I think that that goes back to the difference in this movie than what we've seen with Batman before, because even some of the root uh, reviews, the early reviews talk about how this is not a superhero movie. I went in to see it. And really Batman's been lumped in with superheroes, but Batman's not a superhero. He has to rely on everyday things. And I think that that is one of the things that as a kid reading comic books, when you have a character like the Batman, 
that's the thing that's so cool about him is he doesn't have, you know, he, he wasn't the son of a god over in, you know, another planet that was, you know, he is just a, a regular guy uh, who just happens to be very wealthy and he had a very high level education that he mixes with the, uh, every encounter that he comes in and encounter, or every problem that he comes in an encounter with, he uses the wits. But to your point, he still has that flaw based on not having a standard normal uh, childhood to where you would learn the basic things. Like, for example, uh, yeah, I, I can remember even when I was a kid using a uh, floor tool to stretch carpet with my dad once. You know, so because we had to do stuff like that ourselves, we didn't have people that we could, you know, pay yeah. to come into the house and do it. So I think that you have a really valid point there, and I think adds to um, the the power of the storytelling that Matt Reeves and I can't remember who it was that wrote this with him uh, brought out in this character. And and I think I think start to finish, it's a very good movie. Uh, but like we talked about earlier, a little bit, uh, we just hit on it. I. I still prefer the Dark Knight. Like when I take all the Batman movies and I put them side by side, uh, but I would say that probably I would be the Dark Knight, and then this would be my second favorite Batman. Uh, I think, but uh, I, I think that there's some challenges there. But um, anyway, we could get on a tangent on that. But I want to talk a little bit about the Penguin character. Yeah, um, uh, honestly, like one of the <laughs> one of the brighter shining characters of the movie. Um, man, I love. Um, I love Colin Farrell as the Penguin. And I think um, it's very interesting because Colin Farrell as the Penguin, the Penguin character is not necessarily... He's he's called the Penguin. Uh, you hear people call him Oz. Um, but he's not like... Uh, at first, he, he's not like a really antagonistic character to the Batman. It's only when the Batman starts like looking into him that he becomes an antagonistic uh, force. Now, I mean, he does like obstruct his investigation that he's doing, but I mean, that's typical like crime boss stuff. Like that's like not anything different from like anything you'd see on your typical like law and order shows or, or something like that where they're dealing with like the mob. Right. Right. So, but he's not really like antagonistic in the same way that like, you know, Danny DeVito's version of the penguin is, or any version of the penguin typically is portrayed as. Um, so I think like, um, you know, he kind of comes across more friendly and, um, you know, that you can kind of see near the end of the movie, that he is like becoming this role of the bad guy. Like he's going to be like a, a major villain if, you know, more of these Batman movies come out because now he's taken over from uh, Carmine Falcone. Yeah. He, he almost uh, reminds me of like a Kingpin type character. Yeah. Yeah. No, he is. He's very much like a Kingpin type character. Um, but I, I think it I think it's very interesting that they decided to portray him this way. Like they kind of give him a little bit of a spotlight. He's a part of it. Uh, he's not really like a major figure, but he becomes one by the end of it. And that's kind of his his mode as he moves. And he's kind of played for laughs, um, you know, because it's Colin Farrell kind of in like a like a fat suit with like uh, which was really well done. 
Um, but like a lot of his moments are like, you know, pretty comedic moments. Um, he participates in like one of the best scenes in the movie, which is like the car chase. Um, yeah, absolutely. which I think is just really beautifully shot. Uh, the Batmobile is insanely cool. Uh, it has a functioning jet engine that like works for something. And then everybody's talking about the shot. I think it's one of the best shots in the movie is um, where you kind of see from the perspective of the back bumper of the Batmobile where it kind of turns and like parks and you see uh, the Penguin's car go flipping over and like crash. And then, you know, you get the cool shot of Batman walking upside down from the Penguin's perspective. Yeah, um, that yeah that, that was probably my favorite scene in the movie, honestly. Oh, yeah, it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, I think um, I, it, I thought he was from seeing him in the trailers. I was like, this is going to be like one of my favorite characters in the movie. And it turns out I was right. Um, even though like a lot of the characters are really good. Um, I think I had the most fun watching him on screen. Absolutely. I think uh, one of the neat things too, in regards to the makeup is one of the guys that was with us. He didn't even know until the end of the movie. And we were like, yeah, that was Colin Farrell. And he had no idea. Yeah, and I told I told him like Colin Farrell was in the movie, but like I didn't tell him who he was playing, and so I guess like he just never noticed that that was Colin Farrell because he doesn't have his accent, and he you know just doesn't even look like Colin Farrell at all. Yeah, no, it was great. And then um, I, I mean, and I know, but for sake of time, you know, we, I don't want this to drag on forever because uh, our one listener will drop off after an hour if we're not careful. Um, <laughs> but the Catwoman character, I think that they finally got Catwoman right. Yeah, I was going to say, it, we would kind of be remiss if we didn't talk about Zoe Kravitz. Um, I think she was great in this movie. Um, I think that um, it's it's very interesting having like two... Uh, very beautiful people <laughs> playing very beautiful characters uh, of Zoe Kravitz and Robert Pattinson. They're, they're very like, it's, it's like a very, very attractive bat people and cat <laughs> people. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I think she did a really good job. Um, it's kind of like, um, what was, uh, what was the original uh, cat woman? Halle Berry. No, was was there one before that? <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> uh, who was I the can't Catwoman? Her name. Um, man, it's in, like the, in the sixties show. You mean? Uh, yeah, in the sixties show, but also wasn't there like a? Um, oh yeah, it. Uh, uh, oh, let me yawn in there. Uh, yeah, Anne Hathaway. No, I'm not even thinking Anne Hathaway. See, I I didn't care for her portray- her portrayal of uh, Catwoman. Yeah, personally. but she she kind of really was. Got lost like in that a, movie, I think. Anyway, yeah, yeah, she wasn't. There was a lot going on in that movie, and they kind of like brought her in to uh, like introduce Bane, and it was kind of weird. But who am I thinking of? Like I'm, um, man, who I like? This is this is gonna like, um, what was her name? Uh, Batman Returns. Oh yeah, Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. Yeah. yeah. It was very much like that kind of relationship. Whereas like even like the the Dark Knight Rises was kind of like weird and like kind of stilted and but like this was like, you know, she was like kissing him and calling him honey and yeah. like, and like yeah. uh, calling him sweetheart and like 
I mean, you could tell like the chemistry was very strong. Uh, and, and and her 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 fight scenes were so powerful too. You could, I mean, she oh, was yeah. a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. And uh, her story as being like Carmine Falcone's daughter, and like that was kind of her motivation for doing what she was doing. And and you can see like, I mean, she played like a really good Catwoman, where like sometimes her motives are going to align with Bruce Wayne's. And then sometimes she's going to just kind of derail it because they don't. <laughs> like, right, right. She's her own person. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, I, wow. It, it, this was well written from start to finish. The characters were well developed. Um, I, it is not like if, if you were if you were expecting to go in and see a traditional like um, superhero movie, you're, you're probably not going to like this, I would say. But if you're going in and and you like movies you like thrillers, you like detective stories, and you like Batman, Catwoman, Penguin uh, mixed in it, I think you're going to walk out and, and really be happy with the way that this uh, this film comes out. Yeah, and, and I like um, I like your comparison to Seven that you made mm. um, when we were talking about it. And um, yeah, because it's very much like the, the crimes are very much catered to the people he's doing them to. And um, he really has like this, um, like... Um, it's all for Batman. Like he kind of knows, like he's figuring out who Batman is, but at the same time, he's like very much like catering everything to the people he's, he's taking out. And, um, I think that there's, uh, there's a very good line in, um, in the movie where, um, I think like it, I forget what Jim Gordon says, but he's almost like worried that the Riddler is going to get him because he was a part of that big drug takedown. Yeah, and he's like he's, and he's he's like basically like you don't have to worry about nothing. Yeah, you're you're a good cop. Yeah, you're, you're a good innocent. cop. Yeah. <laughs> like he's not after you. Yeah. And and that's the thing is like uh Riddler's motivation is not necessarily like I want to take down bad people and it's not necessarily like I want to take down good people. It's very much like I want to take down people that portray themselves as good people but are actually not good people. Yeah. And it's it's very it's that that vengeance, and that distorted justice, that um, you know it's very interesting because like even uh, like Zoe Kravitz is like yeah no we like you'd probably like agree with like uh, taking down these people because you're all about vengeance right, and that's one of those things where they kind of like plant that seed, where um, you know it's it's the changing of Batman from vengeance to to hope. And um, when he kind of gets called out for like the sins of his father and even though he didn't necessarily do anything, it's kind of like, um, you know, when he gets called out, he kind of has to like reexamine why he's doing what he's doing. And so, um, no, I find, I find that very interesting. I think it's, uh, there's a lot of things that I think I want to go back and watch it again and kind of like figure out some more stuff. Yeah, I, and I, I feel like I remember them saying that it was going to be one of those movies that you'd want to watch several times because you, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, I love the scene in the end where she goes to rescue Batman. Yeah, that yeah, that I was like great. That. I, I well, think that she really shines in that one. I think, and I think it's cool that like um, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like the Lego Batman. Where he's like, I can do this by myself. Like people seem almost like an inconvenience to him. And then at the end, it's Jim Gordon and and Selena Kyle that turn around and save him. 
Right. Now, what they didn't tell you is, you know, that boy who became an orphan in this one, that's going to be Robin in the next one. No, oh, is it? No. That, that, would, be, that would be interesting. <laughs> I think it would. Yeah. <laughs> if they do it now, then I'm going to tell them it yeah. came from my idea. Yeah, we they're going to they're do like they did in The Dark Knight Rises. The timestamp like, on here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll come back and definitely revisit that if that happens. But um, I, I kept, th- in all seriousness, though, I kept thinking that because of, again, it, there was so much. There was three scenes where Bruce, where, no, there was two where Batman, and then there was two where Bruce had a connection with this kid yeah. because he was like, man, I've been there. We've, you know, and I yeah, kept thinking exactly. to myself, is this a setup for a future Robin? Like when it's. Robert Pattinson's in his fifties or whatever, and he's Batman, and he needs more help. Yeah, I was I was expecting like a uh, like an in credit scene where they're like, uh, they see, you see the kid running on the playground, and they're like, "Hey, Robin, come over here." Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. would have ruined the movie, but um, no, but it but it was good. Well, no, I, we're getting we're getting like really on the line with our time, but um, and, and if there's anything else, once you have time to to bring it out, but one of the things we haven't done for a while is uh, our star reviews, and so. I'm curious uh, where you're at. Um, yeah, so I think I already know yours, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give mine and then I'll let you go with yours. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say that this is probably like a pretty solid like four stars for me out of mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not perfect. There's definitely things I would change about it. Um, runtime is one of them. <laughs> uh, it's a three-hour Batman movie. Um, and uh, there's a couple things like uh, I believe I did. We didn't even discuss the music. I think the music is it's not bad, but it's I, I weak. think it's I think it's one of the worst qualities of this movie. Um, one thing, one of my biggest pet peeves about movies is when they reuse songs over and over. And I'm not talking about score. I'm talking about like an actual song. And um, the theme song for this movie was something in the way by Nirvana. And um, and you can tell because they play it like five times in the movie. Um, but, and not, that can be fine, but it's it's just a personal pet peeve of mine. I, I just don't like when they continue using songs over and over. Because usually, um, like, songs have a certain level of impact. And like it does in the trailer, like the first trailer for Batman, something in the way is really good in that one. I think it's a really good use of that song and then they reuse it in the second trailer and it's not as impactful and um i think that happened in the movie too and so i would rather them use it one time or no times at all like uh i I don't need like that kind of like you know like actual songs i guess in my movies like superhero movies but um yeah no those those are like the two big things that i would knock about it i think it's um you really start to feel the runtime near the end. Um, yeah, because even there was that one scene where they're riding the motorcycles, and although it was a cool scene, I was like, man, I've already been here in like three hours. Yeah, honestly, I would tell you, I'm, I'm trying to think of like, um, w- right off the bat, I would cut everything after... Um, the scene where he's like handing off that uh, that kid to the the paramedics that are going to airlift him out. That's the end of the movie for me. I don't think there's anything that important that happens after that movie. 
Well, actually, I can tell you that like one of the weakest points of the movie for me was the Joker reveal. Um, I think that was extremely weak. I think that um, you almost could have opened the next movie if you wanted it to start like immediately after. You could have opened the next movie with um, Selena Kyle leaving. But maybe not. Just leave it out. I don't know. Like, uh, or, or put it somewhere else and cut something else down. But, like, I think they really should have ended with that narration and him, like, looking off as he's just, like, given hope to these people. I think that would have been the better ending of the movie. Uh, but, yeah, no, a really solid four stars for me. Um, what what did you think? I, the ending of the movie, I agree with you 100% on that. I, I think that would have been a great ending. Uh, so for me, this is a three and a half, you know, and, and so, so there's a couple of reasons for that. Um, one, I have, you know, over the years have really changed the way that I rate movies because what, what I was finding is if I really liked a movie, I was going to almost all the time give it a, a four star. And if I really, really liked the movie, I was almost always going to give it a five star regardless of the content. And so I, I still change the way I rate them uh, personally and uh, so for me if I just like a movie you're going to get two stars no matter what okay yeah and and, and when I say I like a movie that doesn't mean I'm, I'm ever going to go back and watch it again it just means that I feel like the story was put together well and um, I don't have a you know even if there's holes in some of the the way that it was made or, or things that I didn't like I, I mean I would still say okay it's a good movie so with that being said and I just qualify that for this reason so when i say three and a half stars that that's really good that that that's a really good rating yeah well and um, I, and, and i was gonna i was gonna interject too like uh, real quick and then i'll let you finish um yeah i think uh i've done the same thing um i think that i'm going to be a little bit more skimpy with the four and a half and five star ratings like i think uh, i think a five star rating should be reserved for like a movie that you could watch over and over or a movie that's just like really like a perfect movie. Right. Exactly. And, and, and to your point, that's why you, you know, and I say this cause it's Academy Award season. Right. But that's why I would say Coda for me, Coda is a five star. And, and it, again, there's things about Coda that could have been better or oh, there's yeah, things no, about Coda that could have been different. But when you take the movie start to finish, I could watch Coda over and over again and not only that, Coda pulls on your heartstrings. Coda, I mean, it just right. all the way around. So to me, Coda is 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 an easy five star for me. But with that being said, that's not to say that I didn't really enjoy this movie. It's not to say that I didn't really like this movie. It's not to say I didn't really like the writing. I just really struggled, like I said, with the Bruce Wayne character, and and I struggled with that so much. So for so for me, this is more of a casting decision. And again, I I I was fine with his his Batman character. But I really feel like they they miscast Bruce Wayne. Yeah, and and that's a, that's kind of a hard topic because like, um, and again, I always bring this up, but uh, like Spider Man, Superman is kind of the same way, but Spider Man and and Batman are are very similar in that you literally have to play two different characters. Mm-hmm. You're you're playing two completely different characters because the the mask changes those yeah, characters. Yeah. And 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 I and again I say this I think Robert Pattinson and and I I, have, I told you this earlier I think he is one of the best Batman 
that I've seen on screen. Absolutely. Right. Uh, I mean, and I agree absolutely. With that. I agree with that. Uh, but but w- when it comes to everything else, I just it, I really struggled with believing that he was Bruce Wayne. I struggled with the way that uh, his. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know that he had enough in himself to carry the dynamics of See, a of a of a man struggling with everything that the Bruce Wayne character is struggling with in this film. And so for me, again, I just I can't really do much much better than a three and a half star on this one. No, and and that makes sense. Um yeah, I think that um well, for one, I think uh as far as like rewatchability goes um, as far as going into like my five star rating, um, yeah, it's like a three hour movie is like going to have to struggle to like make it there in my opinion. Um, just because like three hours is a long time for a movie and it has to be pretty near perfect to like earn its three hour runtime. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think that, you know, that's a great point, because when I take Zack Snyder's Justice League, in my opinion, that is that is the the perfect start to finish superhero movie. Uh, I think and and I have no idea when or if I will ever watch it again. Yeah, no, that's true. I I do think that um, I do think that Zack Snyder's Justice League earns its runtime a little bit more than uh, than uh, the Batman and I think more only because of, um, and it may earn it more to like the Snyder cut fans or whatever, but I think like, um, I mean, you're providing so much like, uh, background to these characters, um, in a way that the Avengers did by just having totally separate movies about (laughs) the Avengers. Um, I'm trying to think of like, so like West Side Story, West Side Story kind of earns its runtime. One, from it being adapted from a, a play. And two, uh, West Side Story is just so beautifully shot and it looks so good and everybody sings so well. Yeah, and, and only Spielberg could pull that off. I, I yeah, really believe we, that. we were talking about that earlier. I think the only reason like West Side Story did as well as it did was because it was directed by Steven Spielberg. Not that there's anybody else that can't direct really well. But man, like that dude's just been pushing out bangers like for you know fifty years, and like he he knows what to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, you know, and I, and I think it'd be real easy for us to get into other topics, but you know, for this one, I like I said, I I, I really enjoyed this film. I, I did. I think it's 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 definitely well made. I I, yeah. I just I still. I just wish we would have had had a better casting decision when it comes to Bruce Wayne. No, I agree. Um, I, I mean, I let's just say that I don't agree necessarily, but I see your point. I, I like Robert Pattinson, and and that's uh, I think that's more like on my interpretation of it, right? So, right. And I, I think that changes things. Um, so I like I said, I do believe your opinion is like a good opinion, and I believe it's a valid opinion. I just don't necessarily agree with it. But um, this is definitely, like, something um, that we've talked about in the past. Like, I know my collection is not, like, as large as your collection and um, of, of movies. And so I've, I've decided to become very intentional about what I put in my collection going forward because I've, I've passed the 500 titles 
mark where I have like more than 500 movies in my collection, physical copies. And so uh, that being said, I'm definitely going to buy this one. This one will be in my collection because I enjoy it. I may not watch it all the time, but it may be like a year or every other year watch, I think. Yeah, and, and and going to that point, you know, as I sit here and stare at a box of the Eternals that I still have not even opened to watch, <laughs> you know, yeah, no, I, I I think I think you're you're spot on, and uh, I think this was a good experience. Yeah, and yeah, and I think that if if you are a fan of movies in general, I think that you're gonna have a great time with this one. Yeah, I agree. Yep. With that, you know, welcome back to the show. Uh, we want to be more consistent, and we look forward to throwing more content out there. Yeah, definitely. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.